Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What's Happening in Travel. I'm here with my buddy, and I am Kerwin, and uh, this is episode 84, um, and uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, July 13th. Jesus, already almost a half of the month is gone, right? Yep. Um, the year is gone. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, it seemed like only yesterday was um, you know, January, but it's good. Travel is picking up. Um, yeah, thanks to a lot of people getting getting vaccinated. Um, although the interesting thing is that travel in the U.S. is picking up. Um, travel mm-hmm. all over the world is not. Um, picking up because a lot of people don't have vaccinations. So whenever you travel, just remember that um, you should actually check how vaccinated the places that you're going are, um, and you know don't let your guard down. You know, keep your keep your keep your stuff going. Um, all right, Krisha, what's your background today? Um, I have a National Airlines um, DC-10. I remember seeing the the ads in newspapers for this airline. And I always liked their logo, the little sun, the smiling yeah. sun. With a face on it. <laughs> yeah. So. That's actually, that's, see, that's a clever logo. Because for those of us who are listening on the podcast and the, the, the audio, it's a sun and it's yellow and um, red. But the red part of it is like about half the entire logo and it's a face. So yeah. I don't know, I don't know what the um what the significance of that was. If you remember. Say again? They had very cheeky ads, you know, like the planes were named after women, I think. Ah. Like, I'm Debbie, fly me. It was plastered on the side of the aircraft. <laughs> I have no, yeah, so, I've never I guess a US base, because that's a original. Out of Miami, I believe. Yeah, uh, I never flew them out of Florida. Oh, okay, I never flew them either. No. Jeez. I think well before my time. Uh, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to do was to kind of create a timeline of the U.S. airlines. There uh, have been so many. There have been so many, and so, they kind of get gobbled up into each yep, other. And they disappear. Yeah, yeah. So. Which is interesting because this is why um, the industry is the way it is, where you find that like people live in Hawaii and they work for Delta and they're based in Salt Lake City. And then they have to commute. I actually yeah. had um, one of my, uh, one of my friends, a uh, friend of a friend, um, he's based in Paris. Huh. Uh, well, he lives in Paris, but huh. he's based in Newark. Oh my gosh. Yes. So he has to commute over. Uh, pretty remarkable. I know it's crazy. An interesting thing is, because he speaks French, <laughs> he'll okay. get a Paris, he'll get a Paris trip. <laughs> so he has to come to Newark, pick up the trip, go to Paris, <laughs> come back to Newark because he had to complete the trip, and then commute back home to Paris. <laughs> so right, because the airline doesn't pay for for the commute, right? No, but he you just runs. He just runs over. Okay. And I guess it's worth it because he gets to do what he likes to do anyway. 
Yeah. So, so, so he, he's from the really happy when he has a dead head. <laughs> and for those who don't know what deadhead it is, is where the, um, the airline pays pays for the crew to fly from one place to the next because their journey starts in the in the next place and it's no fault of the crew um that they need to do this so let's say they have a flight in paris and they don't have any crew but the crew is in new york they will take the crew from new york and they will fly them to paris um at the airline's expense i.e they take a seat out of inventory and then they when the crew gets to paris they overnight so they have to get rest and then they fly their next flight back. Um, all right. And I have a Korean Air, I think it's an A330. And this is in Fiji. Um, oh, it is? Yeah. In Fiji. It's Fiji. Um, oh, you weren't on this trip, but I was myself and another, another colleague. We had flown from um, uh, Incheon in oh. South Korea to uh, Fiji on this Korean Air A330. I never would have imagined there have these sort of high mountains-ish hills, mountains yeah. in Fiji. Yeah, this was Nadi. <clears throat> um, and it was, it was 25 degrees Fahrenheit in, um, in, Seoul. in Seoul. And then we get to Fiji. 125. Right, 125. <laughs> it's like, whoa. So yeah, and I forgot how long how long the flight is, but um, and it was snowing, and we left even though it was snowing. They were cleaning the ramp at the same time because you know it, it's it's South Korea, so this is operation. You can't wait for it to stop snowing because it won't. Um, so they just cleaned the ramp as we were pushing out, and uh, the runways are constantly being cleaned, and uh, we were out of there. Um, while it was snowing, it was quite fun. <laughs> Actually, um, again, we're getting sidetracked. Did you ever see the show? I forget. But maybe I think it was on the Smithsonian TV channel about Anchorage Airport, Ted Stevens, the airport oh. and how they made it run um, during, you know, on an average day. And they described the snow removal and the ice uh, removal uh, procedures they follow. It's really so incredible. Yeah, that's... taken for granted. No one gives a damn about it, but the work that's involved is just incredible. Yeah, I, so... I hear you because I was in Anchorage on. I normally go for the solstice, solstices, huh. solstices <laughs> which is the summer and the winter. I didn't go anywhere in 2020, um, and I didn't do the one this year either. But uh, when you go into winter time, it is cold, Kusha. Like mm. it is so cold that your your lips are cold. You can't really speak much. Um, and they they have the um, there is right next to the airport is a seaplane base, yeah. and that seaplane base is frozen over. Yeah, like you could literally walk across from one side over to the airport and 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 vice versa. Actually, they they talked about that. Oh, did they? Yeah, because it's it's frozen. There's nothing. It's a huge logistics hub uh -huh. to deliver supplies to other remoter parts of Alaska. Exactly. So, and they have to deal with bears and and uh, um, all sorts of animals that wander onto the runway and <laughs> all that. I know it's 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 pretty amazing because when you look out there, you're like, 
Okay, I was just out there for because I walked from my hotel to the seaplane base because oh. um, it was like so it's like a ten minute walk if that much, but ten minutes when the 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 pine trees have icicles on them and the icicles are frozen, frozen <laughs> icicles like you touch them you barely touch them and they just like ping and snap, <laughs> and there's snow on the ground and um. Everywhere Wind. where there used to be airplanes is snow or ice. Um, and you know, that big sign, you know, don't step on the ice, don't step on the ice everywhere. <laughs> I, I should share the, the pictures somewhere. Um, I think I have them. But yeah, I, 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 I said, which, which channel was that on? Um, I think it was Smithsonian. I, oh, they okay. do have repeats on. Yeah. If, if, you, if you do a that, search, um, get Stevens. Um, what was it Anchorage? If you just search for Ted Stevens or Anchorage, it should show up. You'll find it. Well, I'll try. Let me see. Yeah, I, I'll I'll try to do a search after. But no, it's um, I I absolutely enjoy it. the thing about aviation for me is how we can leave South Korea in twenty five degree weather and the plane works, and we fly for I don't know how long it was, maybe four hours or something, and then we get to Fiji. Oh, much yeah, it's probably right? seven, eight, nine hours. Is that how long it is? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's over here. We're going way in the Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we get there and we get off the plane and it's fine. And then the plane gets service and it flies back again. You know, two come two, not to mention the difference in temperature in the air. <laughs> so um, that's to me. Sorry? And the culture is completely different. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's and everybody's like really freezing in Korea and like, oh, I want to go to a warm place and they go to Fiji and they're happy and then they come back a week later. <laughs> oh. uh, so that was fun. That was, and then after we left there, we went to Brisbane. Okay. And uh, and I think we went to Sydney and then we flew back from Sydney. Um, you know, when you think about what we used to do in travel and you can't do it anymore. Yep. Uh, I mean, you can, but it's just so restricted now. Are you going to go, do I need a COVID test? How long have I been here? Do I have to quarantine? Um, you know, should I wear a mask? Should I not wear a mask? Uh, all right. So um, our first story today is um, the industry is always so interesting because when things go bad, like, you know, like they are now because of covid um, airlines tend to spend money investing in the product. And it's weird because you have, it's a toss up, right? You have to decide, do I invest in the product? Do I invest in the planes? What do I do? Do I take the great deals? But where does the money come from? So I say that because um, United Airlines made a big announcement that they're buying a whole bunch of planes. So what's the deal, Kasha? This was rumored um, for several weeks, actually. United was about to make an announcement and they were going to do so imminently. But last week, they finally did. And um, um, they this was their largest order ever for 270 uh, narrow-body aircraft, um, 50 of which were the MAX 8, the 737 MAX 8. And this was always, I was always curious about why United invested so heavily in the Max 9 before it did the Max 8. 
but um, there's a reason for that, and I'll get to it shortly. Mm -hmm. Then they ordered another 150 of the Max 10, which is the largest 737 Max variant. And not surprisingly, 7321 Neos from Airbus. These are to replace the 757-200, since uh, which United has a lot of, since Boeing seems to be uh, dragging its feet on developing a competitor for, but it's not as simple as that. Um, but so anyway, these um, aircraft will start arriving um, uh, completely, I mean, you, all these aircraft will be delivered by 2026. And in 2023, on average, United will be getting a new aircraft every three days. So that's over 100 planes. That's um, crazy. Every three days? Yes. Yes. <laughs> are, on they, average. are they even prepared to, to accept an airplane every three days? Where are they going to put them? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a whole lot of uh, uh, other... Uh, situations going on behind the scenes. So um, this is part of uh, uh, a program called United Next for its post-pandemic development. <laughs> Original. So, Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a Metro Next. We're in Houston and that Metro Next is the next version of Metro. And Metro is a service that provides buses to the Houston area. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> United has lagged in their domestic service and compared to Delta and American and perhaps Southwest. So what they aim to do is catch up. So with these new aircraft, the 50 seat regional planes are going to be uh, replaced with larger planes. Um, on average, once all these aircraft are delivered, United will average 30% more seats per domestic departure, which is really quite large. And what is even more amazing is that there will be 75% more premium seats. And by premium, they, they mean economy plus and uh, first class. Mm -hmm. um, on average, United will have 53 premium seats uh, per flight once all these planes are delivered. So you asked, where will they store these? Mm -hmm. Doesn't really answer the question completely, but 200 of the older 50 seat regional jets are going to be retired, but the 50 seat RJ operation is not disappearing. They oh, will they still keep them. Because yeah, a, lot, a lot of the Texas cities need them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, remember they tried that before, but they and it didn't work. Yes, they, they did. Got a bunch of them and are like, well, what happened to like Tyler and Victoria? Of <laughs> these planes are destined for growth in uh, um, the United schedule, mm -hmm. which is actually pretty huge. Um, another part of the initiative that was announced is that United plans to have um, in-flight entertainment screens on all domestic mainline flights by 2025. All right, Kushua, so pause a sec. I, when I saw this piece, I was like, really? Didn't you just spend a whole bunch of money putting in 
all these taking them out, matter of fact, and go, oh, everybody's going to use their computers. They're going to use their little devices. I'm like, no, they won't. And and I like I love the fact that Delta was like, nope, we're putting screens in our place. And, and, and so now they have of, to match, right? Yeah. Actually, I'm I'm happy about it. Oh, me too. It was stupid. Who wants to watch? Who wants to watch something on this little screen? Plus, you know, it's not only millennials that are flying. Older people, us, we can't see this. Sorry, <laughs> I got it. Carry on. <laughs> so, um, United CEO Scott Kirby um, published the result. Well, he talked about the results of a survey that they did, and they found that sixty percent of passengers, on average, engaged with um, IFE, the in-flight entertainment screens on flights on existing aircraft, which is actually yes, but really, especially since you're taking out the, the the magazines from the planes, and it's like you know what, Krisha, it's so fun with a lot of these things. I'm sorry, I'm jumping in here, but um, you don't need to survey people to tell you this. You just have to sit on the plane and watch. You don't have to survey people. We know well, that. I guess that's what they did. Or just ask, but the, the problem with these companies, and United is no exception, is uh, you just froze. <laughs> the problem with these companies is that they um, they they always want to pay these companies to do these surveys, and they don't listen to their own employees. Heck, the flight but we don't intel. we don't know if they did that though. Well, they said they know. do. It said they did a survey. Well, it's not just United, right? This happens all the time across the board where you need to listen to your employees. Do you don't need anyone to tell them that, to tell them what the survey told them? But anyway, Karen, yeah. I'm digressing. Um, <laughs> these aircraft are also gonna have new interiors with new lighting and everything. And I didn't realize aircraft bins, the luggage bins in the cabin are going to get even larger. So they are going to be able to accommodate every passenger's carry-on bag. So it's going to be a one-to-one one one match between a carry-on bag and a passenger on board the aircraft. What a concept. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you had mentioned how are they going to fly these planes? Well, they're expecting to have 25,000 job openings at all the, between all the United Hubs. Um, and these are going to be pilots, flight attendants, dispatchers, maintenance technicians, and uh, one an additional um, result of these new planes coming in is that the emissions by 2026 are going to be down by 15% compared to what they are currently. Mm. That's a big driver in getting rid of the older, less fuel efficient aircraft and bringing in more modern um, planes. So which so, are these older fuel, not fuel efficient planes. The RJs and the 757s, the older yeah. 737s. So, and you know what they didn't say is what are they going to do with the current 320s and the 319s? Right. Because Fair. the 321 does not replace those. So yeah. is it, are they going to transition to an all 737 max narrow body fleet or <laughs> Stay tuned to find out. Are the A350s coming back? Oh, that order is still languishing. Uh, okay. Remember they they ordered this like ten years ago or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they were in the books, and they yep. and they're like, yeah, we. Don't it's still to. on the books as far as I know, but there's been no firm 
delivery date announced. I'm sorry, this is Boeing. Uh, can, you guys, can you guys come up and talk to us? You know how that works. <laughs> that's why that stopped. I'm pretty sure that's why that stopped. Uh, but Boeing made a deal with them because <laughs> they're getting a bunch product, huh? right? They don't really have a product. The 777X is a little too large. Well, and even the 787s, those are not as large as the 777. Yeah, but you know, right? but they still do. They're flying them to Cape Town, so right. So, which is where they would have flown the A three hundred and fifty anyway. Yeah, yeah. but the, the three hundred ER triple seven is much bigger, though. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, you know, they they just making they making. But they haven't. They, the, the, those aircraft are very new in the United States, so they'll be around for at least another 20, 25 yeah. years. Oh, and don't forget they're getting the um, the supersonics. Yeah, but those are. <laughs> Those haven't been built yet. <laughs> no. Not even certain that they will be feasible. Yeah, I I mean, because, yeah. And, and you know, the final thing in the design is going to be so different because they haven't even yeah. done anything with them yet. So. But United seems to be on a roll because they just announced an order for um, this Hart Aerospace, which is a Swedish. We talked about this a few weeks mm -hmm. ago. Um a Swedish company, I think, based out of Gothenburg, um, that they're going to order about 100 of the 19-seaters that sort of looked like sleeker ATRs. Right, right. With Mesa. So they're on a roll right now, United, exactly. I think. Um, so, so where are they getting... Um, where are they getting the what you call it from? Um, the money from? I guess they're going to raise capital. Well, how does your line raise capital? <laughs> and what's that? Issue more shares. So, you know, it was interesting. Um, and I was looking at airfares between. But they probably got a great rate, right? Oh, from, yeah. I'm from sure Boeing, because this is a huge boost to the MAX program. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, they probably got a great, great deal from Boeing. But the money got to come from somewhere. Well, they're, yeah. a public, they're a public company, so we'll see it whenever they file whatever they, whatever those national yeah. papers they file. Um, but the, the airfares are ridiculously expensive. Um, and I guess people don't care. Mm -hmm. they, haven't, they haven't flown. They, they, they're taking their 2020 budget and blowing it in one month in 2021. <laughs> we'll get your goat. But uh, did you hear? I think I read it, read it today, in fact, that they're quietly removing the electrostatic spraying disinfection of the aircraft. Mm. Um, effective immediately and they're also changing their um, disembarkation process you know until now it's been five rows at a time yeah get off the plane that's being abandoned why so, so this is my thing right it's like why because Where, this you're... makes sense the five rows at a time makes complete <laughs> yeah. sense i mean we still have a pandemic it's not like the pandemic goes we're done 
um it's we still have a pandemic and so and this is my thing right it's like i I was telling you i went to the grocery store and the carts were dirty you know they're not cleaning them again so you would think that one of these procedures some of these procedures would carry forward where they would think of how they can clean because like at at the heb that i money right everything yeah but kushro um the airfares have gone up, right? And it, it, when you go to the grocery store, the price of the items have gone up, and they're not coming down. They are, they're constantly. They, they will, but they're not. They're not. They're not coming down because I've looked at it, and I'm spending more at the grocery store, and I'm sure you and everybody else are. And the airfares are more. So all these companies are now saying, "Oh yeah, it's because of COVID." Well, we also, the government also gave you money to keep running. So it's, it's sad. It's sad that they're taking advantage of the consumers and, uh, and not like- Is this a surprise though? I guess it shouldn't. I guess it's not really, but it's still, it, it's, it's still bizarre. And for you to say, oh, I'm not going to clean the planes anymore as I used to. What? Clean the damn planes. I mean, I think the cleanliness, um, the actual physical cleaning, but will still continue, of course, just like it used to. But, but, uh, but it wasn't good. Disinfection. Before. It wasn't good before. But though, we because... put up with it, right? No one really complained. Well, because, because we, the fact that we put up with it didn't mean it was right. I was on planes where they had to delay the planes because it wasn't cleaned properly. I was on planes where I'm getting off of the plane and I'm stumbling over the cleaners because yeah. they're trying to clean the plane before I get off. You know, and I'd go to fight it and I said, could you just give me a chance to get off the plane? And she's like, well, that's what they've told us at corporate that we have to clean the plane. As soon as first class is empty, we got to clean the planes. And all the airlines did this, you know, so it's, it's, um, I'm Quicker sad. turnarounds, more and more efficiency. Yeah, but I get, I, 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 you know, I'm the person who's always defending the airlines. I'm that guy. When somebody comes line and goes, the darn airlines lost my bag. I'm like, can you tell me what happened? And they're like, you're always taking up for the airlines. So it's not, but, but at some point, um, I understand what these customers are saying. And the airlines, they got to do better, Kushra. They have to do better. All right. Are you done with that story? Yes. <laughs> Kushra's like, he's off on a tangent again. <laughs> Uh, Well, you know, I mean, it's good that they're um, revitalizing the fleet. Um, I'm just annoyed at all the backend stuff. And and I'm annoyed because um, I used to work for United and I've seen them come from having in-seat-seatback videos to no-seatback videos to seatback videos again. All of a sudden it's, it's good. And it's like, well, could you just have left them in the first place? And I get it, right? I understand that things evolve. So, yeah. Um, but anyway. But they're going to have to do, adjust the seatbacks, though, for these, to insert these videos, because a lot of the new planes, um, you know, have these new seats that... They do, but there's a hole in it. The hole is still there. So if you, if Is you there? At, yeah, if you look at them, this, the recessed area is still there. Um, no, so I know the recessed area. I know yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, the recessed area is still there, so they can just plop in whatever whatever new thingy they have in there. 
Um, but you know, of course, it's going to cost money to do that. And weight, right? Oh, we don't so, care about the weight anymore. Yeah. Sixty-five percent of the people says. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, they're taking out the magazines, right? So they're so. Um, well, I don't know about that anymore. Oh, they'll take those. Because, because those are back, but it's a profit center, right? For the, yeah. for the at least United. Well, now they just put the ads on the screens, which is probably one of the reasons why they put in the, put in the screens back, right? Because they're like, oh yeah, we can still put ads on it. Because every time, one of the annoying things about these airplanes is when you're watching a movie, and so you watch the you start watching a movie like, oh, I don't like that movie. Well, and you, you have to see the same ads. I know, you saw the same <laughs> yes. ad. It's like, I yes. just saw that ad. You are not going to make me buy the thing again if you show it to me again. <laughs> yes. So there should be something that says, if Kerwin has seen this ad before, don't you? <laughs> I don't want to say another, oh, it's Marriott. I'm like, yes, you just told me that two seconds ago and I didn't watch that last movie. You're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> that has been a pet peeve of mine as well. I know, it's so annoying. It's like, really, I know I can't go anywhere, but... <laughs> I'm so relieved I'm not the only one no. who feels that way. You know, Christian, we should do an episode about the things about the industry that annoys us the most. And since Well, we, we shouldn't get- really say annoys, right? These are first world problems, as they say. Well, it's still annoying. It's like, couldn't you have How fragile are we? Well, yeah, but you know, it's, 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 we're, we're industry experts. Right. So we understand why th- it's like my friend was asking about the wheelchair. Right. Um, I understand where he's coming from, but I also understand where the airline is coming from. Um, and, I yeah. al- and I also understand how much of an effort it'll take for them to make what he wants a reality. His request is very valid. Um, and you but- talked about this yesterday, actually, in episode 83, 80- right? Three, yes. Yeah. Uh, but we know how the airline works. So, so it, it'll be something like that, right? Where we can look at things that the airlines do and go, okay, that is the dumbest thing ever. But then we can explain why it's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> so we should, yes. do, we, should, we should think about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next story is, this is going to be a long episode, Kisho. <laughs> um we talked about, uh, it was, wasn't Swiss. Well, a lot of airlines, they normally have um, economy, uh, business class and first class. And then there was this, oh, we don't need a first class anymore. And so we created, some created a hybrid of business and first. And then some like Qatar Airlines have business class, but the product they have is like a first class product. And then you have like Emirates to have first class and Air France that have first class and all that. And then in economy, everybody wants a little more leg room. Nobody wants to pay for it, but everybody wants a little more. So then they created these premium economies or um, uh, what was the other one that Eva had? Royal Laurel class or something like that. Well, although less first class. But anyway, um, I'm saying that because it was, it was brilliant market segmentation, though, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite funny. I was just thinking how um, we just have this class class thing everywhere we go, even on an airplane. So now, um, and the U.S. carriers just installed premium economies on their planes now. I think everybody has one now, right? United was the leader, actually, to develop Economy Plus. 
which really yeah, but that wasn't premium economy though. no it wasn't but it was the the precursor to that yes yes and then everybody had to be competitive and then um, I think American did premium economy and Delta did premium economy or might have been vice versa and then United did theirs international carriers have followed suit though yes and so Swiss what are they doing so they are one of the last Lufthansa Group airlines to institute this. Um, and they recently instituted, they introduced their premium economy class. What I found, uh, this is gonna start officially in um, April next year, 2022. From what I read in the article, um, they are only going to put this on their 12 um, seven triple seven three hundred ERs. So they're not going to have them installed as of now on their three thirties and their three forties, which I found a little odd. But um, maybe they're getting rid of the three thirties and three forties subsequently soon. Soon. So yeah. um, this, like, um, it's other Lufthansa stablemates has a fixed back shell. So um, you keep the uh, space, you don't intrude on the passenger uh, behind you. When you recline your seat, um, <clears throat> you have three choices of in-flight cuisine, yeah. get a double bag allowance, priority boarding, um, and um, bookable from June 28th, so a few weeks ago. They expect the first aircraft to come in line in the fourth quarter of this year, okay. but it's not going to be officially on sale until early next year. The one-way fare on average for this new cabin is going to be between 250 and 350 Swiss francs, which is about 270 to 380 US dollars, more than the equivalent um, economy seat. Um, and there's only going to be 24 of these um, premium economy seats on um, the 777-300ERs. But what I found very interesting huh. is that on most other airlines, this premium economy is in a separate um, right. section of the aircraft cabin. Uh -huh. Over here, it's mixed in with economy. Now, I don't know it's because of the configuration of the aircraft or not, but essentially, these are three rows of eight at the head of the economy cabin on the Swiss um, aircraft. It's going to be wider than the economy seat by two inches. Okay. Um, so it's not a lot, actually. It's about five centimeters. And as I said, eight abreast. Uh, versus 10 in um, economy. Uh, the, sit, the seat pitch is um, 38 inches, so about a meter with a folded leg rest that I don't like at all. Um, and um, this increased recline. Okay. Um, you're going to get an amenity kit. You're going to get noise canceling headphones and you're going to get a 15 almost 16 inch um, or 40 centimeter TV screen uh, right. with a personal reading lamp and USB charging. So nothing spectacular, but it's the minimum now that is required. Hmm. Um, you're also going to get an 
elderberry welcome drink onboarding, and as I said, three hot meal choices that are going to be served on China. So no aluminum uh, or plastic serving dishes. And they have no separation between that no, and economy? No, do they not. And they're going to include a vegetarian option. Um, it's going to be available to just a few select destinations and they are Bangkok, Hong Kong, Los Angeles, Miami, San Francisco, Sao Paulo and Singapore. Um, hmm. No New York? They, no New York. They're, but see, they fly the 330 to New York. Oh, so it's just by aircraft. I guess eventually. Which is very odd, though. Yeah, I think. Eventually. Very odd. Huh. Um, hmm. There will be upgrade options uh, for a fee, of course, subject to availability. Hmm. So, because Emirates also has joined bandwagon. And they've yeah. also introduced premium economy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure the others, Middle East equivalent, Middle East competitors will start. So is it the same? Two, four, two, but three. Yes. Rows? Yes. Mm. I always hate when they do two, four, two. So, but it's normally three, 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 three on the triple seven, right? No, it's normally two, four, two. On their triple, no, 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 no. I mean, in, in economy. Yes, it's three, four, three. Oh, it's three. Hmm, weird. No, not really. No, no. Well, I'm thinking if you have three, four, three in the in their in their normal economy triple sevens, right? The aisle has to change. Yeah, and then you have two, four, two. Right. Yeah, so it's weird. I'd have to. I, I hope we could. Well, yeah. Hmm. Okay. So you know there, there's a lot of smart people. Um, I used to work very closely with the um, the aircraft interiors guy. Oh uh, yes, yeah. And so we'd we'd always go through all this stuff. Um, I, you know, I I had nothing to do with that. Interesting, huh? Dealing with all these yeah. these situations, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I had nothing <laughs> to do with how it all the configuration. I just got whatever he told he gave me, but then I would always be you know inter interested in you know how they came up with mm. it they have a whole bunch of things that that's that matches yeah them. yeah every time i hear a configuration i'm like well what about the aisle well that doesn't work so where's this and so i'm always like you know yes, yeah man. but you know th this brings up the the new jet blue configuration that they're serving london with mm -hmm. um <clears throat> and i read an article yesterday in fact that these new 321 LRs that they're using for London Heathrow for London service, yeah, <clears throat> the business cabin, the mint suites, yeah, go all the way to the wing of the aircraft. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Which is pretty far down the plane. Yeah, it's so you have to walk thing, down right? this almost like a tunnel, right? If you're using the standard wait, you just boarding doors. Yeah. Uh, for a 321. Um, uh, because, you know, they're individual suites, like lock, um, they have these, each one has its own, like a little walled off section down this little corridor almost before you get to the economy section. So they'll use a double, the double jetway thing. Will they though? Which um, airline, which airports? Sustain the that. double jetway, the big. I mean, you can get them in in Heathrow. <clears throat> I don't know if the three twenty one can fit though. Right. And um, 
what they'll probably do is, is just board through the middle instead of boarding through the front. Mm, maybe. Because like it, they do the seven five sevens. Exactly. So they just yeah, because mm. it, it makes sense. You don't want people, you don't want the entire uh passenger. But see, door. I don't think there's a door though on the 321 that um, is um that's big enough so close to the wing. You will have to go through some uh part of the mint, the premium economy, the yeah, premium I, section. I, but anyway, we're getting hopelessly sidetracked. A hopeless sidetrack is good though, Gesha. I think there's a door. I think there's a door right before the wing. I've I've never used it because I've always disembarked in the 321 or embarked from the front door. <laughs> uh, L1 or whatever they call it, right? Rear door. Yeah. Door. I've never done a, a rear door 321. I've yeah. done the 320 and the 319, but I haven't done the um the rear door mm. in that one. Because uh, I, exactly. I, I, as a, as a little as an airline geek, uh, I always want to go to the rear door if I can. Different, unique perspective. Yep, and especially like when I when I flew Virgin Atlantic out of Antigua, um, I got to disembark on a seven four seven through the rear, which is rare. <laughs> um, and even when they had the L ten the L ten eleven. Uh, but it be Elton 11. Um, it was just cool to see this big airplane on the on the tarmac and like all the stairs and everything. The three sets of stairs on the left side coming down. Sorry, so, they're gone for sure. Um, <laughs> well, cool. I mean, people. Hopefully, people will pay for it. Um, oh, I'm sure they will, right? Well, yeah, but you know, with with, with business travel, not gonna be picking up for Back, a while. Yeah. Um, I don't know how. But they... most of these occupants are really economy passengers who decide to treat themselves. Well, no, people don't want to pay. So, but I'm sure yeah. they've, you know, they've done it. They, they want the space. There's no question about it. They just don't want to pay for they it. They don't want to pay for it. Um, you know, and they'll be the first to moan about it, but they don't want to pay for no. it. It's like, don't recline your seat. Well, okay, we'll go sit in the, in the premium economy. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Good deal. So I'm sure, um, who else? Huh. So do you think uh, Norwegian is ever going to come back? Long haul? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but remember now they've, they've got North Atlantic Airways. Yeah. Right? It's going to take over this year. Krisha, let's, let's just start an airline because these billionaires have so much money. Yep. It's like, really? And oh, the fact is don't... they can get it, though. Yeah, they can well, get funding. We just have to come up with a concept and they'll fund it because they have the money. And then it's a tax write, write-off for them. And yep. Partly they don't really care because all the airlines that they back lose money. So I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. So. All right. Next story we have. Um, Cathay Pacific has its issues. They, big issues. Big, issues. big issues. But they're always like doing these new air, new types of airlines and always that like rebranding and doing this and spending all kinds of money and then and then SARS hit and COVID hit and then they get hit and they just don't learn. 
what are they doing again? But wait, wait, wait. Let, let's back up here. Cathay Pacific has been in a very tough spot for a very long time. First of they all, have. they're based in Hong Kong. Yes. And then they had the pro-democracy issues in yes. the city. They had um, um, all sorts of demonstrations and riots and lockdowns and things like that. Then came COVID. Mm-hmm. So traffic on Cathay has been hit for a very long time. In yeah. fact, before COVID even began. Agreed. So they are really, really struggling. And they're being pushed from um, the top and from the bottom, from airlines like Scoot and let's say Emirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they've created some other airlines in there too, and they bought airlines in there too. Oh, uh, well, yes, they did. They've had they no choice, right? They created Cathay yeah. Dragon that they took. They them created right Cathay there. Dragon, but that's gone. Right, that's gone. But now they have Hong Kong, um, Hong Kong Airlines, right? Which is their low cost uh, right. equivalent. But anyway, um, their traffic is um, what is the number? In um, they are currently flying. Eight percent of their usual passenger capacity. Eight percent, which makes sense because no one's going to Asia, right? And um, they expect a substantial financial losses for their third consecutive half-year financial disclosures. Mm-hmm. So they had to do something. And like, um, given money a new brand. <laughs> Well, that was probably the cheapest alternative, right? Because they've looked at the success of AirAsia, which itself is being battered. Because AirAsia X, the very survival of that brand is at stake. Mm -hmm. So what, and they were so, so successful until the pandemic hit. So what um, AirAsia has done is they've gone into the air taxi and drone delivery um, business to try and drum up uh, revenue and diversify away from exclusive airline operation. Then Singapore Airlines has gone into the restaurant business, if you will. (laughs) So they had, Cathay had to do something. So what they've done is to create what is called a lifestyle brand called Cathay. I think it's gonna be a little confusing but what do I know? So what? here's what they're going to do. According to the Cathay Pacific, um, this is according to Reuters, sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, they're going to bring together the Cathay Pacific brand, the Marco Polo Club, which is their loyalty program, right. and Asia Miles, which is their rewards program, to simplify the way customers interact with the Cathay Pacific brand, including how they earn status and use miles. Um, Cathay has stated, and again, this sounds like a lot of marketing gobbledygook, um, they're going to try and strengthen the interaction with the airline to simplify our customer relations and the way customers earn and spend miles. Um, This is part of their move beyond program. Um, So to diversify away from um, airline revenue, And they want to develop this premium travel lifestyle brand. Now, I can tell you that the Asians are huge on brands. Yes. Especially the high status brands. Yes. So I don't think Cathay is... Right. 
I don't think Cathay is way off the mark, but I, I found it confusing. Um, so what they're going to do is they're going to brand a separate Cathay. Uh, I guess create a new company called Cathay. Uh, they're going to allow users to purchase services and goods through this airline and through the brand Cathay. Um, and then they're going to um, issue a credit card. Now, we know that companies make a lot of money through credit card purchases. They do. Initially, it's going to be only based in Hong Kong and available to Hong Kong residents only. But gradually, they're going to expand this uh, worldwide. They haven't really provided too many details, but um, I guess time will tell as to how successful this is going to be. But I think including the Cathay name in this, together with Cathay Pacific, is going to cause a little bit of customer confusion. Yeah, Am because everybody calls Cathay Pacific Cathay. So, so what's, what routes is this new? So it's going to be a new airline, right? It's not going to be a new airline. It's going to be a lifestyle brand. So it's going to be, I, I tried to think of what was equivalent and I really couldn't think of it Can anything. Um, so it's like um, a purchasing um, uh, it's that, company it's like, within an airline. It's that Air Canada and Aeroplan. Because that's kind well, of see, Aeroplan does. Air, but Air see, Canada. that's no different from Mileage Plus, though, on United. Well, SkyMiles from Delta. Yeah. So, which is this, why I'm like, I didn't, that's why I don't understand what are they trying. I, I guess they're trying to spin off the, the, the credit card part and the mileage thing. Like all that the could be, yes. Done. Yes. yes, and raise some revenue from that. And raise revenue yeah. from that. And Even though they the haven't time. specifically stated that. Yeah, but that's what they're they, doing. Because essentially. When you, when you talk about the lounge and all that, which is really what Aeroplan is. I mean, that's what your yes. Cathay did with Aeroplan. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I found confusing is why does Cathay have Asia Miles and the Marco Polo Club? Oh, dude, that always confused me. It always confused me. And I'm glad that they're putting everything in one. Just so one name, so I guess that name is Cathay. Yes. Have you so are they going to get rid? But Marco Polo Club. Cathay? <laughs> uh, Marco Polo Club has, I mean, a lot of brand name recognition, right? Exactly. So does Asia Miles. It does. Um, so, but, but I guess because Air Canada, it was, what was it called? Before? It was called something else. Um, I don't oh, remember. I it wasn't always Aeroplan. Oh, there was another name, and I'm always I always got confused with the two of them. And I think now they've put everything in one, and it's working. So I think may, maybe somebody from uh, Air Canada went to Cathay <laughs> and uh, did that. Yeah, you know how that works. <laughs> so let's see how far this goes. Um, it doesn't seem to be an end point for Cathay's traffic recovery. It's going to be a long while. Yep, uh, but can they sustain it though? Well, yeah, they'll, they'll keep throwing money in it because they're very proud of the brand. And it, it is a very it is a, brand. It is a brilliant brand though. It's a very good brand. I mean, I've always had so, really good service when I've flown them. Yep. Um, but don't confuse us. Please don't confuse us. We're already confused <laughs> as it is. 
Yeah, customers so, get confused just buying a ticket. <laughs> I mean, you think code share is confusing? <laughs> uh, I mean, they don't even know the difference between nonstop and a direct flight. So, <laughs> well, good luck to Kathy. I'm sure they'll give us more information about it. Well, they better so quickly. Huh? Because this thing is rolling out fairly soon. Yeah, well, they, they probably realize that they have to do something. So they're trying to get um because you know the, the the mileage programs do make a lot of money yep yeah yep so that make it makes sense what they're doing so because you know they've been through so much yeah um, and they still continue to be through and I, I like i want i want to go to hong kong but you know between between you know the the protest and um well there's no more protests though they just crack down well, well for now, but you know that that will flare its ugly head every now and again. And so um, I'm glad I've been to Hong Kong. <laughs> but Hong Kong is such a great city though, you know what I mean? It's like, I really wanna go back and just, just enjoy it again. So yeah, geez. Aviation always has, there's so many inter, interwined things in it, right? I think all the airlines in that area of the world are in trouble. There's Malaysia, there's Thai, there's AirAsia, yep. there's Singapore, there's Hong yep. Kong. There's oh, Catholic so that was Pacific, the thing. Yep. They, they're all, well, because most of their traffic comes here, right? So it's people there coming here. Really? No. But, well, well I, I should say, like, within China, there's a lot of intra-China traffic. There's no question about that. But a lot... But Southeast Asian countries need international traffic. Well, they knew China has a huge domestic yeah. market. But there's a lot of traffic that comes um, from the U.S. to those areas because there's a lot. There's a lot of the yeah. Asian community that live in the United States or live in live in uh, Europe or live in Australia. And yeah. they not, I'm not really so much. I would think for Thai and uh, Malaysia because I think they count on Europe. Yeah. But nobody can go there from Europe. Yes, exactly. You know, so um, so, so Cathay has been hit by the domestic political situation that yeah. the others have not been affected yeah. by because there is no domestic Cathay. Right, right. It's like everybody. Uh, that's why they call it Cathay Pacific. Because <laughs> oh, Kusha, it's crazy. Oh, and the noise has started again. Can you no. hear the noise? No, I cannot. Uh, well, we have one more story in this category. Um, vaccine tourism. Um, so just to get an idea what vaccine tourism is, it's where um, people basically go to another country to get a vaccine. Um, like here in the US, we are we as a country are basically throwing vaccines away. And so in New York, they're actually, if you can get to New York, they'll give you a vaccine. No questions asked. You get uh, to anywhere in the US, they'll give you a vaccine. Exactly, because um, you know, you, you, you see an apartment, most places you go in, you just tell them I'm here for a vaccine and they hook you up you know, right, right away because they really want everybody to get vaccinated. And it's not just the US getting vaccinated, you know, it's kind of a worldwide thing. Um, yep, they even have it at airports. The other day I was in Pittsburgh and someone said, would you like a vaccine, sir? Have you had one? <laughs> it's just like, 
<laughs> Given what the situation was a few months ago, that's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How far we've come. We've come a far away. And I wish we could figure out a way to actually get the surplus vaccine that's here in I the know. US where it needs to go before yep. it expires. But I know that, you know, it's a lot of, it's politics one, and it's also logistics. Logistics. To get it all, to get it yep. all to, um, to work. But so. um, some countries, like I think, uh, I think Serbia was doing the vaccine thing, but I think they stopped it during the vaccine tourism. But Kusha, what's going on with China Airlines and Eva? Huh? Serbia, Serbia is still doing it. They're still doing it. Yeah. In fact, they're offering four choices, which is pretty remarkable for a, it's not a large country, but Serbia of all countries. Well, I think what they were saying was that they wanted to, like they, they were encouraging the surrounding countries because you know, they all used to be one country, right? And so they're, they're um, surrounding, the, the, they're um, trying to get the surrounding countries vaccinated because everybody moves together. And if that does, if, if all the Serbia is good and all the, you know, the Macedonians, the uh, Croatians and all the other countries around them and stuff, What's the point, right? It's like, I can't live in my bubble, so you might as well get people in the surrounding countries vaccinated, which is what people on this side don't get. It's like, yes, you want to go to Jamaica, but if they're not vaccinated, the cruise ship ain't going to stop there, which is why the cruise ships now, uh, uh, and before, I'm, I, I'll, uh, I'm just excited about this, I'll tell you. Um, one of my friends is doing a cruise right now, oh, oh. and she had to go to St. Martin, because oh. now St. Martin is the place to do cruises since Florida, is having issues. So the cruise ships are repositioning in St. Martin and you have to fly down to St. Martin. Huh? Long way to go. Yeah. Well, but that's the only way they can do their cruises because St. Martin is allowing it. And of course, St. Martin only has so many ships, right? So she went on Windstar Cruises and they flew out of, uh, crew is 100% vaccinated mm -hmm. and every passenger has to be uh, vaccinated. So she had to do a vaccination to get to St. Martin. I mean, not a vaccination um, test. And then she had to do a test again when she gets to St. Martin before she gets on the ship and she has to be vaccinated. Good. They're taking zero chances. Oh. Um, and so, and the crew is, they, they're using a half, 50% of the ship. That's the end. Um, and they have buffets, but you can't serve yourself. Uh, okay. and they only have, uh, and she said, it's funny, they keep changing where you're going to go. They're like, oh, we're going to stop. Nope, we're not stopping there anymore. We're going to stop here. Oh, we're going to stop here. So it's kind of funny following her Instagram. Um, so that's so that's what's going to happen. And the reason why they're, they're changing it is because they're looking at the vaccination rates for these islands. And of course, you don't want somebody to get off the ship because if you're vaccinated, it doesn't mean you can't contract COVID. And so I didn't want somebody to get off the, the ship, contract COVID, come back on the ship and infect people. They right. don't want that. Um, I'm so wondering how they manage shore excursion on cruises. It's tightly controlled. So how, I'm, I'm, how? She, sh she showed me the tickets that they have. I think you huh. can only go on shore excursions that are arranged by the ship. And my guess is that what the ship would do is they would arrange with locals who are vaccinated. So the people who are driving the vans and stuff like that. Okay. Must all be vaccinated. But when you go to, I don't know, uh, let's say you're going to Lisbon and you go to the central section, the central area, the old town area, there's going to be other people around, right? Yes, but I think what they're doing with these excursions is they are controlling them. 
I don't know. I, they, they don't have any, uh, two of my friends are actually in cruises and I'll kind of ask them to get more details on that. Um, one is doing a cruise, but this, this one is actually a cruise to nowhere. <laughs> okay. It's leaving out of Southampton and going out to the ocean and coming back like a few days or something. Um, but the one in the Windstar one in the Caribbean is actually stopping in places. So I'll ask Sarah. Uh, he, she's Jet Set Sarah on Instagram. And um, if she can say how they're actually, because yeah, I'm very, well, well, Galveston just did one. I think it was Carnival. Yes. They just did one. Yeah. And I, I, there's no reports that anybody got sick. So I know. Something. Or where it went also. I don't know. Yeah. But again, it was, at, I think, 70% capacity, mm -hmm. which is pretty high. Yeah, that's very high. And, and you know, with cruise ships, it's like there are people everywhere. Uh, you've done cruises, so you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we were talking about China and Eva Airlines tourism passports. <laughs> um, Taiwan, as if you have been listening to this podcast over the last year, um, they were one of the most uh, creative of countries. I think the most creative in that they started the flights to nowhere craze that was so popular last year. And um, they seem to have done it again. They have started uh, what is called vaccine tourism. As you said, it's, it's getting people on board flights to go overseas, get vaccinated, then come back. Um, this was an article that was unfortunately not very well written. Mm. But um, this, all this information is from the Taiwan Ministry of Transportation and Commerce. They stated that the average daily passenger count on flights from Taipei and uh, Taipei to the U.S. was 361 in May. Now they didn't say how many flights there were between Taiwan and the U.S. because China Airlines and Eva fly to numerous cities in the U.S. But the point to remember is that that number has increased to 686, so a little less than half in June. Um, they have found, Taiwanese airlines have determined that demands, flight demand to the US, Canada, and Shanghai, of all places, has risen as Taiwanese travel agents have been advertising vaccine packages like, uh, this, these are actual names, the Pfizer 30-day package and the Johnson & Johnson 8-day package. For example, the Johnson & Johnson package costs um, $10,700 US dollars. Now remember, this is a double-dose vaccine that needs 21 days between uh, jabs. So it includes their flights to Los Angeles. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, Kusha. Johnson & Johnson is only one dose. Johnson & Johnson is only one dose, right. which is... Um, uh, why it's on an eight-day package. But the Pfizer is the 30-day package. So that requires two. Um, includes the flights to Los Angeles, five-star hotel accommodation, transportation between the airport and the hotel with a Mandarin-speaking tour guide, um, and, uh, of course, your two vaccinations with a PCR test as well, which is required to come back. So wait, 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 hold on, Kisha. hold on. Let me just, uh, let me just uh, understand what you just said. So I pay how much money? $10,700 for 30 uh, days. US dollars. US dollars. And I get on a flight and I fly to LA. Right. And I'm going to be in LA for, uh, and so 
So this is a flight where nobody on the flight is vaccinated. Well, you don't know that. Chances, well, I'm getting to that. Um, more than likely, nobody's vaccinated, right? Because that's the whole purpose of you coming to the U.S. to get vaccinated. So they've thought of that. And they have started offering a 40% discount on the purchase of an additional seat. So you can have at least a little bit of a gap between you and the next person. Well, granted, we used to fly around with non-vaccinated people anyway, right? So right. that kind of thing. Right. Yes. Um, what the government believes is that rich Taiwanese, and you'd have to be rich to afford this, are going to take their kids to the U.S. to be vaccinated. And also, the school year is coming up, so um, um, Taiwanese students are going to be traveling to the U.S. to start school in the fall. Dude, can't they just figure out a way to bring the vaccine from the U.S.? Well, funny you should say that, because again, yesterday, I was reading that uh, the two biggest semiconductor companies, which is Foxconn and something else, which uh-huh. is an acronym, they've agreed to buy, uh, I think, one or two million Pfizer doses, which yeah, is... Just do, just do that. I mean, $10,000 to come for a 30-day vacation. But clearly it's working, right? Well, of course. Really, it's people working. Gotta, people are grasping at straws, Kusho. But how about just think of it differently and bring the vaccination to the people? The Taiwanese carriers are expected to make a profit in 2021, thanks to their creativity and also uh, their cargo business. Well, so leave yeah. it to the Taiwanese, I say. Well, I mean, we, we get a lot of stuff that's made in Taiwan. Right. So, um, Not as much as it... China, it used, it used to, to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a matter of fact, um, when I was much younger, um, I used <clears> to <throat> hang out with these, uh, you know, kids. And one of the girls, she got a doll, oh. and and she called the doll. Uh, she 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 called the doll, the doll Taiwan because you know with kids that couldn't talk properly. Um, and I was like, and the reason why she called them Taiwan was because it said made in Taiwan <laughs> on the thing, right? It's, it's like, uh, and this is way before Back to the Future where um, the girl called Michael J. Fox Calvin because he was in his Calvin Klein underwear. <laughs> but anyway, carry on. <laughs> A very unique situation that both Eva and China Airlines have increased the frequency of flights to the US for most of July. They've added frequencies and then they're going to cut back. So clearly there's a market for this. Oh God, yes. I mean, when rich people want to do it and they can't, and clearly there are rich people in Taiwan, otherwise Eva Air and China Airlines would not be surviving. So are are these economy class fares at (laughs) $10,000? That's a good, yes, yes, they are. Yes, they are. How much is business? I know. Really. <laughs> but when you think about it, Krishna, so they come to ask, you cannot afford it. Exactly. But if you're coming to the US for a month, right? Yeah, essentially. And you figure the hotel is about 150 a night. I'm sure they got a deal, a corporate rate, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, they got, but you know, but but even even a hundred thousand, that's three thousand dollars right there. So the airfare, Eva, is probably about what's it like, about three grand. Yeah, maybe. The Atlantic. Pacific, sorry. So, and the rest is like food and the vaccine. No, food use, food is on you, right? Well, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, and you, you're in the, you're in the, now who the heck can come from Taiwan to the US for a month? 
<laughs> yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, yep. wow. Okay. I, apparently, all these people who are flying, right? <laughs> and you know, it's, it was interesting that it, it, um, it's, it's an economic boost to the LA. Is it Los Angeles and San Francisco, I guess they're doing? And Vancouver and Ontario. Yeah, so it's, and how are they going to Canada? I thought Canada was closed. I thought so too. But remember, Canada is taking a lot of Taiwanese students. Huh. So are they doing an exception or? God knows. And Canada doesn't have a lot of vaccine because uh, I know. So my right. friends are just getting vaccine. Like they just got their first, uh, uh, a few of them, because they're, they're all online. They yeah. just got their second shot like this week. Okay. Some are just getting their first shot. So they don't have a lot of vaccine. Because I saw the EVA, the 777 in Houston last week. Yeah. But they're still flying here. <clears throat> uh -huh. And is, is China still coming? Uh, China who? Airlines. Oh, they stopped, they, right? They stopped years and years ago. Remember, they used to go via yeah. Seattle. So is Eva is Eva going? Uh, well, the cargo probably still comes in, but is is Eva still going down to? No, it was uh, it was Air China, China, Air China. It was Air China that was going. No, down. they have they haven't reached Panama. Panama, yeah. Um, that's one of the things too. That a lot of these um, what do we call them? Fifth freedoms have just yeah. disappeared because of COVID. Yep. And a lot of the, um, uh, the the tags have also disappeared because of COVID. Um, wow. Oh, geez. Okay, <laughs> dude. Dude, when you when you have money, you can just do pretty much whatever. That's right. That was discovered last weekend. Uh, what's that? If you have money, you can go to space. That's right. However, though, you can enter the sweepstake, Kasha. Yeah, and, and and it's free for two lucky people. Oh, it is. There's a sweep. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant like a lottery ticket. Yeah, it's like a it's a sweepstake. He he's he's doing a sweepstake because his his goal is to make it affordable to regular people. So okay. um, my guess what is, is his that, definition of regular people. You and I, yeah, <laughs> people, right. people can't afford it. the tickets are two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. At least it was two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. They're gonna go up. Before they come down. Before, yeah, they're never gonna come down. Well, okay, <laughs> Doug, okay. you're a good one, good okay, sure. Um, but I guess the 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 module that they went up in uh, was only what four of them, I think, was in it. Is that right? Um, so, but there was space though, from what I could see in the pictures. Oh, there's there a, was a lot of space. The space, space. Yeah, I'm and they were showing some of the the test flights that the lady were doing. And it had all the equipment and stuff inside of it. And of course it looked really chuckered. But um, when they showed the other one, it was beautiful. There's only like four seats. I assume that, I assume they'll have, I don't know, maybe I don't know, 10 people, 16 people. I don't know. You can't have too many, right? Because when you're weightless and floating around, you don't want to be bumping into people. Exactly. And you only have five seconds, five seconds, five minutes. Although Less than that, right? Yeah, although when they went up, it's it's like basically they hit was it two hundred and fifty thousand feet? Something uh, like that. I think is what they hit, and then as soon as they hit that, it just started coming down. Yeah, and they were coming down really fast. <laughs> um, if you guys get a chance, go to Virgin uh, Virgin Galactic and watch it. It is um, amazing, you know, for one for for using a, a word that is overused. 
but it was just very cool to see the success and I've been following it from the beginning and it was good to see them go up there and they came back safely because that was a key, especially since they had an accident a few months ago and you didn't hear Years anything ago. about it um, for a while, right? Mm. And, and they fixed everything and they're like, we're going and they went and it was safe. So that was, um, it was very spectacular. I think you guys should, should, should watch it if you haven't already done so. Um, so. But yeah, and I, I have met Branson before and so, and I've seen him at conferences and stuff like that. So it was very, it was exhilarating. And he's just like that all the time. He's, he's aged a lot since I met, I met him in 1994 <laughs> when I took my first flight on, it was in Virgin Atlantic was co-chair with Delta. Cause okay. they had, they had a coach <laughs> with Delta long before they did with United. And then they dropped United well, and then they're back. Continental, in- right? They never had, I don't think they had it with United. That's right, they didn't win it, it was Continental. But they did that before with um, with United. And Ron Allen was the CEO at the time. And he, okay. uh, so he came down and he shook everybody's hand. He's very stoic in his jacket and stuff, suit and all that. And uh, Richard Branson came down, he was bouncing around in his cardigan. <laughs> he was shaking everybody's hand. Um, so that was kind of cool. And he was a very personable guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was very exciting to see him do that. And the fact that um, he had uh, two women um, was on the flight and one was a minority woman. So um, I I was very, very excited about that. Yeah, so, so good. Um, so I'm guessing we're not continuing the other sections. Uh, no, because an episode will be really long because okay. the other stuff is gonna take an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah we i think we've been yeah this is probably an hour so far it's been an hour more than an hour more than an hour right yeah yes. so, yeah so let's follow this one all right so um thank you guys again for listening to our babble about aviation what's happening in travel and as you can see there's a lot happening in travel um it's exciting to the industry rebounding and seeing what people are doing um i'm still concerned about all the people that got laid off um, because there's still a lot of people who got laid off and furloughed and they're slowly coming back and blah, 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 blah. So, and some people are just not coming back because they just took packages and things like that. So that's the other side of the industry that nobody really hears about, um, which is why, oh, and one thing to the industry, there's a pilot shortage. There was going to be a pilot shortage anyway, um, and COVID did not help. <laughs> um, and so um, if you are a budding young person sitting out there, um, consider becoming a pilot. A lot of the airlines, um, I know United has a program where they're trying to train pilots and it's very expensive, I know that. Um, but if you're thinking of a career in aviation, check with the airlines and see what kind of programs they have out there um, because we need, we, need, we need the young blood um, to, go, to go flying. Most of the US airlines used to get their pilots from the Navy and the military, army, yeah. from the military, but that they're not getting enough and so, uh, and, and, and we're in the stage where people are aging and the U.S. have an age 60 rule. Uh, so, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that, that come in. So when you get to the airport and there's nobody flying this, this Korean Air A330 behind me or the national DC-10, well, we're not flying the DC-10s anymore anyway. <laughs> um, you know, then you, you understand, as a customer, you don't care. You just want to get on a plane and go, but these are the things that make sh- things don't work for you. 
um, that you don't know yeah. about. So that's all we have. Uh, make sure you go listen to the podcast at, um, we're on Spotify, we're on um, Stitcher, we're on, um, what's it, Apple Podcasts. Um, we're everywhere. Just search for What's Happening in Travel or search on my name, Kerwin McKenzie or Kusho Parak, and you'll be able to find us out there. Um, so that's it. We're done. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We'll Thank you. you. All right.